If you don't know what the metaverse is, you're going to want to head on over to Google and you're going to want to Google that stuff. And you're about to go down a wormhole of interest. So the metaverse is like this whole other world we can put on our, we can put on our goggles and the metaverse is a world that is uh, compiled of, of avatars and this virtual land. And there's entire economies that exist in the metaverse. There are investment opportunities that exist uh, in the metaverse. There is, it is literally an entire digital world that you can access through literally throwing on a pair of uh, goggles. And there's a complete oversimplification. But what I really love and what I find so fascinating is the possibilities and potential for health to be delivered in the metaverse. You know, we have this very complicated world in the real life world around how we regulate health and how we regulate the dissemination of health information. This is Impact, the podcast where we explore entrepreneurship, mindset, and health to provide you with the ingredients for an unregrettable version of your life story. Oh, this episode is going to be fun. You know, for the last few weeks, we've had this opportunity to really delve into some of the technologies that are going to be incorporated into individualized medicine and performance medicine and take your health to the next level type of care. But if we go even more macro than that, if we step away from how our voice can be used to help us iterate our emotional states and how we can appreciate and catalog the frequencies that are not only existing in our body, but that our body will resonate with in order to heal. I want to go, I want to go way outside things on the genetic or epigenetic or cellular level. And I want to look at some of the macro trends that researchers feel are going to start to inform the delivery of care and our attitudes towards health and wellness and care in general over the course of the next 12 to 18 months. And we've done these sort of recap episodes before where we do our predictions around trends. And while I'm totally open to giving you my two cents, what I wanted to bring you today was some of the research provided by the Global Wellness Institute. And the Global Wellness Institute is a think tank that really starts to analyze cross-cultural trends with respect to health. And when we're talking about health. In this case, I'm not going to necessarily talk about the delivery of care as much as I'm going to talk about the existence of health on the opposite side of the line of fine. And if you've been hanging out with me for a while, you know that the line of fine is literally that line that that traditional system dumps us onto. The line of fine is where you hang out when you are put into a watchful waiting period by your doctor. The line of fine is where you go when your lab work looks normal, but you still feel exhausted. The line of fine is where you are sent when we don't have interventional tools to make you feel better or a test to understand why you don't feel well. And the conversation literally goes something along the lines of, well, your blood work looks fine. Maybe it's menopause, maybe it's age, maybe you're just doing too much, maybe you're binging too much Netflix, maybe you're not binging enough. When we don't know what to do, we dump people at the line of fine and we allow them to fend for themselves. And where I'm really interested in hanging out is on the opposite side of the line of fine, creating systems for clinicians and those who are interested in helping to move people's health to the next level. And that system of 
not just care delivery, but prevention delivery, performance delivery, actualization delivery, the health that we need to have the impact that we want in the world. I call that impact medicine. And much of what I am talking about is actually going to get delivered in that realm, in that realm of impact care, where it's not about the acute illness. It's not about just freeing up another bed. It's about taking people to their maximum state of potential. And when we look at the wellness economy, a wellness economy valued at more than $4.4 trillion globally. There's some really important trends that everyone needs to understand and look at, not just those of us who want to have better health. And if you're hanging out here, you are one of those people, but individuals who are entrepreneurs in this space, not just clinicians, but forward thinkers in general. As we look to this massive global industry, there are some key words that continue to come up with consumers of healthcare on the wellness side of their journey. One of the core words that they are coming up with is the word better. They want better nutrition. They want better fitness. They want better skincare regimes. They want better skincare products. They want access to better quality food. They want experiences related to health that are better than what they had previously indicated. Better for entrepreneurs out there is a code word for opportunity. As the global economy is starting to shrink, what we do see is that there are sectors that are going to continue to grow. The anticipated growth in the luxury goods sector in 2023 is an estimated $400 billion. They expect that the luxury goods market is actually going to continue to grow and will grow upwards of 22% over the course of the next year. Now, I am not suggesting that healthcare should only be for those wealthy enough to be able to access it. But as I have said many times before, we help more people not by lowering the cost of expensive one-on-one care, but by innovating our offering. Everybody is looking for better. And my suggestion and where I am leaning as an entrepreneur is to create premium products for a premium audience that can support greater access to more people through more innovative models that I can reproduce at scale at a less expensive cost. See, the thing we need to remember is not everyone is looking to work with us one-on-one. That is one of the greatest advantages we have had hanging out in this health and wellness space over the course of the last 50 years. We have new innovative tools. As Harry was talking about in his episode uh, over the course of the last few weeks, we have innovative tools to enable us to quantify our own health, take our own action. In fact, one of the things that I think will hallmark the next era of healthcare delivery is that better health will be accessed, not through the confined doors or the the drawbridge of access of practitioners, but that there will be an opportunity for people to hold health in their own hands. The practitioner will become less and less important to performance-based health and more and more important for the management of acute and chronic disease, for those who don't want to play in the impact medicine playground, or for many reasons don't yet have access to it. So as we look forward to what the Global Wellness Institute is predicting as trends in 2023 and beyond, I want you to look at this through your entrepreneurial lens as someone with a fascination and interest in health and think about the many ways in which this could start to evolve our society. Trend number one, 
the environment and health. There's increased conversation about the environment. And my perspective is there should be absolutely no debate that we have an environment that is increasingly facing pressures caused by us as humans. But not only are we starting to see the overflow of how the environment is actually impacting our health, but we're seeing more and more conversations directly around how the environment can purvey and convey health to us directly. So whether this is tourism in the form of jungle retreats or plant medicine, or conversations related to the microbiome and the importance of us actually being able to access dirt. I expect as we move into 2023, there will be increased conversation and opportunity that makes direct connections between the health of our environment, the importance for diversity in our environment, and access to better health. Trend number two, technological wellness. Now we can wear all sorts of devices. And as we are sitting here, I'm probably attached to two or three that are emitting data to me at this given moment. But more and more conversations are starting to emerge around the influence of technology on our health itself, the influence of those AirPods that some of you are probably wearing right now, and what those frequencies are actually contributing to our overall cellular health, the influence of blue light. I read a study recently that was starting to connect the influence of blue light on disturbances in young girls' menstrual cycles, and they're linking precocious puberty, early onset puberty, not just to environmental estrogens, but also to the increased level of blue light. There's going to be more and more conversations around how our technology needs to be managed as we move closer to optimal states of of wellness and health. And if you're not doing it already, taking things like your phone out of your room, making sure that you are, are wearing blue blocking glasses when you are on the computer or on the screen for extended periods of time, all of these types of conversations, things that if you're hanging out in the preventative, or in the performance-based health space, you will have already heard of, expect to hear more of these conversations going mainstream. Now to switch gears slightly, we've seen huge changes in the stock market in the last year with respect to large conglomerated companies that manage senior care and senior living. So while some of these companies that owned retirement homes were absolute amazing uh, stocks to own a few years ago, we're starting to see these things start to absolutely plummet. We're seeing massive disruption in the senior living space. And as boomers get older, you have an entire generation of independent, in many cases, wealthy individuals who are not wanting to follow that traditional route for their senior days. We're seeing all sorts of innovation in terms of companies that are providing at-home care, things that maximize an individual's independence. And the research supports this. The research supports that the more we can maintain someone's independence, the longer we can keep somebody into their home, the longer they will experience quality of life. I am definitely leaning into and having a look at some of these companies that are looking to disrupt senior care, because I do not anticipate that these boomers are going to go quietly into the night. They are looking to maximize their life experience well into the golden years. And I love this idea for all of these individuals. I remember as a kid, my grandmother said to me, she said, you know, when the time is right, I'm, I'm going to be open and willing to go into a 
like a retirement home or an assisted living space. And that was really the only model that's certainly in North America uh, that she had been exposed to. And I remember even as a kid saying, well, listen, I mean, good for you. I love that you like that idea and we can revisit it when the time is right. But there is just no way uh, I'm going to want to do that. And we're starting to see that already with the boomers. So I am so grateful uh, that they are starting to disrupt this industry. So by the time I get to this place, we're going to have all sorts of new ideas on the table. Speaking of new ideas, I don't have another one for you, but I do have an idea that I have really started to embrace in the last year, and that is trend number four, wellness travel versus medical tourism. So it was all the rage a few years ago that you would fly down to uh, somewhere in Central America, maybe Mexico, maybe the United States, maybe some people even come to Canada for medical procedures. You could have expedited procedures, you could have um, centers that were uh, exclusive where the physicians and the medical teams had very specific training. So you could have that knee replacement done in the comfort of some beautiful resort on the top of a mountain. And while that definitely still exists, what we are starting to see more people invest towards is this idea of wellness travel. Wellness travel is where any of those regular trips you go on have this checkbox and this inclusion of wellness-oriented activities. So it might be that you are going on a safari in the Serengeti, but you're also going to spend two days in the Maasai Mara in a meditation tent, learning to connect and integrate that experience. So whether you're heading down to Costa Rica for uh, a plant medicine experience and uh, journey, or you are looking at the plains of Africa, anticipate that more and more options are going to be available to incorporate wellness in some of these incredible life experiences. And as a clinician, I love this idea. I love the idea of reorienting significant health decisions with incredible and compelling life opportunities and exposure. So when we have this heightened state of emotion and we're in a maximum state of dopamine and we make really strategic decisions about our health at the same time, everything becomes stickier. Everything becomes more connected and emotional and important to us as we move forward and follow through on those commitments. So I love this idea. We brought a group of practitioners to Costa Rica last year where we combine an adventure trip with really deep emotional and physical healing. We're going to be doing the same thing again inside of our mastermind this year. We're taking everybody to Spain um, and we're going to continue to do this. We're going to continue to incorporate adventure travel and wellness. I love that not only are we seeing this trend, but finally for once I am on trend. All right, let's move on to trend number five and Boy, is this a relief. And when I say boy, is this relief, all puns intended, because what we are starting to look at is an acknowledgement and a revolution in women's health. And in particular, with respect to women's health, the incorporation of AI and artificial intelligence. So for a really long time, and if you're not deep into medicine and uh, the research, and you're just the recipient of some of these things, a lot of the clinical decisions that clinicians were making were based on evidence-based medicine, but the populations that they were leveraging and utilizing to understand medications or antidepressants or, or even hormonal interventions were often done on men. And the assumption within medicine is that, well, we're kind of mostly the same and we'll just make some adjustments for women based on size. 
not this entirely different hormonal environment. Well, gone are the days where men control most of the medical literature um, and therefore are allowed to make these types of assumptions. And now what we're actually seeing as we start to analyze the literature is increased utilization of AI to help make decisions and decipher the validity of evidence. And not just that, but we're starting to incorporate more and more AI to support and understand women's health, hormonal cyclicity, um, and deeper insights into the individualized needs and nature of women and medicine. More and more startups are starting to emerge that hand power back to women. And you're going to see this trend. This isn't on the list, but man, oh man, do I really start to see this. I'm just going to keep using man and boy language as we talk about uh, women's health. More and more power is going to be handed back to patients. We're seeing capacities for individuals to do their own pap smears at home and send those kits in. Definitely the United States is ahead of Canada on this, but being able to access blood work in your own home, whatever blood work you want and access those results. More and more power is going to be handed to the patients. We are going to see this in particular with respect to women's health and the leveraging of artificial intelligence to help make important medical decisions. Trend number six. Now this is going to need some context, so bear with me here. And that is this idea of urban bathhouses and wellness playgrounds. More and more, we're seeing conversations where people are looking to have social interaction, but they don't want it to revolve around alcohol. And this idea of leveraging bathhouses and wellness as a focal gathering point is not new. When I had the opportunity to travel through Italy in the spring, one of the things that I was most intrigued by was how all of these large uh, palaces, when we visited Pompeii right next to uh, where the marina would have been on the waterfront, there was a bathhouse there. And these were not private facilities. This is not where you're going to have a private massage. These were very public gathering places that incorporated hydrotherapy and hot and cold water therapy. And in the, in the case of the of the Romans in Italy, incredible utilizations of technology uh, to be able to control temperature. And we're starting to see the emergence of more and more of these urban bathhouses or wellness gathering points where individuals are able to gather and socialize and form community in alignment with their values. So for a long time, the local pub has had a full run on um, the location of social gatherings. And I think we're going to see more and more wellness playing a role in how people interact, socialize, and hold each other accountable for higher states of health together. Now, this next trend and our second to last trend is not something that is new in the practitioner world, but it is something that I think as health consumers, you're going to be seeing more and more of, and that is the idea of health coaching. So one of the longest criticisms of, I'm going to call it alternative allied healthcare, naturopathic medicine, functional medicine, is that, you know, there's really sound science, there's really compelling outcomes, but the compelling outcomes are really only available to people who have killer motivation and discipline and willpower, and also are able to read the pages and pages and pages of notes that a practitioner provides to their patient. In short, you have a really great strategy, but you don't have anyone accountable or holding you accountable or coaching you along the way. And that's where we're really starting to see uh, a normalization of the idea of health coaching and having access to a health coach to help take your, uh, your health and the implementation of your health strategy to the next level. As someone who supports practitioners, I love the idea of uh, health coaching uh, because it gives leverage to 
highly, highly educated. And by highly educated, I'm not suggesting health coaches aren't educated. But what I'm saying is when you spent 13 years in school and half a million dollars to acquire this education, and you're doing all the work one-on-one with patients, it's really quite expensive. And so health coaches are an excellent way of being able to differentiate the roles that need to happen in the delivery of healthcare. So the strategists are often the ones who have spent a ton of time in school, and the health coaches are the ones who help implement. They need to understand the science, but they also need to be able to help work with the client or with the patient to implement those ideas. So health coaching is going to be a massive trend because it lowers the cost of care and it helps to deliver better outcomes. Now, our final trend, and then there's a bonus trend I'm going to tell you about, but our final trend is this idea of health in the metaverse. Now, if you don't know what the metaverse is, you're going to want to head on over to Google and you're going to want to Google that stuff. And you're about to go down a wormhole of interest. So the metaverse is like this whole other world. We can put on our we can put on our goggles, and the metaverse is a world that is uh, compiled of of ad- avatars and this virtual land. And there's entire economies that exist in the metaverse. There are investment opportunities that exist uh, in the metaverse. There is it is literally an entire digital world that you can access through literally throwing on a pair of uh, goggles. And there's a complete oversimplification. But what I really love and what I find so fascinating is the possibilities and potential for health to be delivered in the metaverse. You know, we have this very complicated world in the real life world around how we regulate health and how we regulate the dissemination of health information. I am fascinated at the prospect of building a clinic in the metaverse, of sharing information and sharing strategy in the metaverse that could then be deployed and brought back into the real world. The neat thing about the metaverse is people lower their barriers to access. They change their mindset a little bit uh, with respect to their artificial avatar. They get to be someone a little bit different. Uh, And I think that the metaverse is going to afford an opportunity for people to explore ideas of health and mental health in a way they might not be able to access emotionally or financially in our regular physical world. The metaverse is just so new to me that the possibilities and potential of how health can be delivered in the metaverse hasn't even fully sunk in. But the idea that you could have a world-class surgeon in Sydney, Australia, consulting using an avatar of a patient who's on the operating table in London, England, and being able to leverage and access that expertise across the world without anyone having to get into an airplane without that lost time is amazing to me. How the metaverse is going to transform medical training, the delivery of medical information, it's going to blow our minds over the course of the next 10 years. For the entrepreneurs out there, it's a place where you are definitely going to want to be paying attention. Now, finally, last but not least, we've got this bonus trend. And the bonus trend is something I am going to call impact medicine. So again, impact medicine is the delivery of care, the delivery of care and health optimization that happens on the opposite side of the line of fine. And I've spent the better part of the last three years pulling together and outlining an ecosystem of possibility for clinicians, how they can reach more people, how they can diversify their income, 
how they can help take people's health to the next level. And all of these options and all of these descriptions are available and found in my new book, Impact Medicine. So Impact Medicine came out on November 17th. I'm so excited. We hit bestseller status in both Canada and the United States within 45 minutes of the book being released. If you are a practitioner out there and you want a blueprint and a roadmap to be able to reach more people, reduce your the risk that exists in one-on-one practice, start to leverage your time and frankly, earn an income while maybe you're on vacation with your family, uh, you're going to want to head on over to Amazon or Barnes & Noble and pick up a copy of uh, Impact Medicine. And then if you have a chance, snap a pic, copy me on Instagram. I'd love to see all of the different places uh, where the impact medicine book is ending up. So these are my trends as we move into 2023. Thanks to the Global Wellness Institute just sort of to outline some of these trends and how they are going to globally start to shift healthcare over the course of the next 12 to 18 months. And again, if you are a practitioner and you are looking to take things to the next level, this episode is brought to you by the impactful CEO. Bringing all of the elements of impact medicine to life sometimes requires a little bit of coaching, a little bit of strategy, and key guidance around decisions in your business. Impactful CEO is a program that we have designed. We've moved hundreds of practitioners through this program over the course of the last year, and we focus on three key areas of your wellness business. Developing a care strategy and methodology for a defined niche, empowerment-based marketing strategies to drive consistent traffic to your business, and an operational blueprint so that you don't lose balance as you are building out your health and wellness business. This session of the Impactful CEO is open until December 15th, and then the cart will close again until 2023. So if you are ready to take your practice to the next level, we would be so excited to invite you to join us in this round of the Impactful CEO. You can learn more about it at theimpactfulceo.com, or you can visit us at clinicianbusinesslabs.com, or you can find me on Instagram, and I will tell you all about it. Now, one last thing as we close off this episode, uh, we're going to try something new for the next few weeks. We have and just quietly hit our 300th episode in the last three weeks and buried deep in the vault of the last four and a half years of podcasting gold um, are some really incredible guests, some episodes that we got such incredible feedback uh, around that were downloaded thousands of times uh, around the world. And what I wanted to do was give you an opportunity to revisit some of those top episodes. So I've re-recorded introductions. In some cases, we've done mashups of some of our best guests. We're talking about metabolism. We're talking about sex. We're talking about mindset. We're talking about money, like all of the juicy stuff that you want to sink your teeth into, or in this case, your ears into as we head into a new year. We're going to share some of the best content that we've had over the course of the last few years. And then we will come back to you in the late January with some incredible guests, some amazing content and an entirely new slate and approach to the impact podcast. So with that said, I want to wish everyone an amazing and happy holiday season. I'm so excited to bring you some of these awesome guests 
over the course of the next few weeks, and especially excited to see some of my colleagues inside the Impactful CEO as we walk into 2023. Impact is what lives on when we leave the room, tuck them in, or step off stage. It is less about what you do, more about how you make them feel and everything about how you choose to show up in the world. If you enjoyed this podcast, hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to this episode. I am your host, Megan Walker. Until next week, aim for impact.